Welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bullets, and welcome back to the second Sunday of Lent for the week of March 8th, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited that we are still in this season of Lent, like we talked about a little bit last week in the introduction. It's this great time of reflection, this great time of really being able to contemplate and reflect and to think about what's all going on and how do we better listen and better follow what Christ is telling us to do. And it's a great time to be reflecting on things. And I know last week I gave you a really deep pondering question from last week where I asked you to think about ethics and have you been true to them? What have you been doing with them? How can you improve your ethics? Are you falling short in different ways? I've had some great conversations with people about this this last week. And I've really enjoyed the conversations because ethics are such an interesting subject to be talking about because just like our understanding of Scripture and we are, how we read and think about Scripture changes, so does our ethics in a lot of ways. There are certain things that will remain core principles and are solid, but then there's other things that we're constantly looking at, reflecting on, and contemplating of, am I needing to change this? And I think it's a very similar to faith in a lot of ways. It's thinking about and contemplating, especially in the season of Lent, does all this make sense? Does what I'm doing make sense? And is there things that need to be improved? Is there things that need to change? And I think that's one of the things that we have to really think about and consider. I think especially when we're looking at environments and contemplating and thinking about our environments with are we best utilizing the resources that we have and being able to utilize those in the best possible manner, but also that gets into just being able to understand and contemplate and think about just our practices. It was one of the things that I got into talking about with a former DNR guy who did forestry and talking about how... They used to have areas where they were clear-cutting, and as time went by, with better understanding ecosystems, how they were purposely leaving different types of trees to what he described as an ugly forest, but how biologically diverse it was making these areas that they were harvesting for the future, making it biodiverse for the different animals and different things that would be utilizing that land and thinking about that in the future and what benefits that brings by maybe leaving some things behind. And it gets right into the point of what we talked about last week. And as you will find with this week's text, it plays beautifully into those as well. And I think it's one of the things that as a world we're needing to consider and think about consistently. Are we best utilizing what is in front of us to be able to help sustain our human race as best as possible. So let's just jump right into this. The gospel text this week is out of the gospel of John chapter 3 verses 1 through 17. Yes, that includes John 3:16, probably one of the most quoted lines in all of scripture. But I think we have to also remember a little bit of what we're talking about and the backstory before we dig into that verse. So you have a Pharisee, Nicodemus, who is coming as a leader of the Jews. 
to Jesus by night, which would be very typical at this point. That's when the Pharisees would do a lot more of their debating and deep discussion. So this wouldn't have been something totally out of the norm. And he's asking about what Jesus has been teaching. So he starts with the first question of rabbi. We know that you are a teacher who comes from God for no one can do the signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answers him, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. And Nicodemus then is trying to understand at a deeper level, what does it mean to be born again? Can you really be born again? And Jesus then trying to get deeper and saying that, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I say to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus is really struggling to understand this. And that's where we get into the John 3.16 coming out of that, stating, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. But is continued in verse 17, indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So a very, not just a contradicting statement, but also looking at what the actual purpose of what Jesus is here for. And we have to remember that this is a prophecy of what Jesus is teaching is shaking up the culture of what Nicodemus as a leader within the Jews is teaching. So this could be very hard to contemplate. We think about some of the different issues that we go through on a day-to-day basis that younger people might be bringing to the table and how at times we get pushback from people who are older because it's new, because it's different, because it's hard to understand. It doesn't fit within their worldview. This is very similar to what Nicodemus is doing. And I think it's also very admirable of what Nicodemus is doing, is trying to understand this. Even though he is struggling to understand it, he is still reaching out to Jesus to try to start processing and understanding this to be a better teacher. So let's give some of the other context readings this week. The first reading is out of Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4a. And I'm just going to read this. It's a really short passage. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I show you. I will make you a great nation and will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and no one will curse you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. So the call story of Abram into following God, so you have to remember we're early enough in 
genesis that this is kind of an interesting big deal that you're having this type of thing understanding and having God communicating and having this because that would have been for very few people still at this point but chasing and following and trusting in what God is saying the psalm this week is psalm 121 which the first few lines are very very familiar I lift my eyes to the hills from where will my help come from my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth And in continuing to understand how the Lord continues to provide and the Lord is continuing to be there for us as we move through this life and how we continue to put faith and trust into God. The second reading is out of Romans chapter 4 verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 17. For most of Lent, we're going to be staying in Romans. And so just get this idea and try just wrapping your head around what Paul is going through. But I think, again, this is another key reading that really ties the gospel text and the Old Testament reading really well together, where Paul is describing and helping us understand that he even starts it just within the first verse. What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and was reckoned to him as righteousness. Coming verses 1 through 3. And this idea that it wasn't this boastful thing, but it was the stirring of his faith within and the spirit of God working within him to have the faith to trust in what God was doing. And it's the same type of thing of what Jesus is trying to describe to Nicodemus. It's this understanding of there has to be a leap of faith that comes from the spirit that is within you to be able to have the faith to follow what God and where Christ is leading you in your life. So before we jump into how this ties to faith and science, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Braidways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, I use them on a weekly basis because I'm not an ordained minister. And to be able to hear from four different seminary professors going through the lectionary texts, plus having multiple other commentaries, plus having other discussions on other faith subjects, I would highly recommend checking out Working Preacher. It gives me a foundation to help bring this to you on a week-to-week basis. If you're not checking out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. My second shameless plug is for plugging God Friended Me on CBS. If you have not checked out God Friended Me on CBS, I would still argue it's one of the best shows on television. It really helps show, I think in a modern context, how God moves within people and stirs up our spirit and works within us on a day-to-day basis. And in a world that at times gets so complicated and so hard to see it, it's really nice to have a show where it helps us see maybe the different ways that God is moving. So if you haven't checked out God Friended Me on CBS, I'd highly recommend it. Like I've referred to between the Romans text this week 
between Abram following God and what Nicodemus is doing and what Jesus is telling Nicodemus to do, and it's even reflected in the psalm, is faith. And it's one of these things as I was reading through this and thinking about this more and more, is there something more here? Is there something more that we can extract from this? And there's a lot of rabbit holes we can go down. But I think really what we're getting to is the essence of having faith, understanding and recognizing the spirit of God moving within us and having the faith to follow that. Now, that's a very difficult subject on the surface to say relates to science. But yet, if you look at it from a wider scope and a wider vision, it's actually quite normal. And I would argue that in ways, it's harder for us as human beings to do this than the rest of creation. I have two different examples of it this week to think about, to contemplate. And I would love to hear your thoughts on these, but let's just jump right into them. As you probably know, there's temperature change within most of the world. As the season goes on, and luckily here in the Northwoods, we are starting to see signs of spring coming. Not only is the snow melting, but it's also the anticipation of leaves coming out of trees and also the returning of species, and especially for me, birds. But it also means, as I even experienced last weekend, the leaving of birds to go back to more their summer migratory areas. This is all internal for birds. There is something as they are noticing the sun and the amount of light that helps them know in the fall that it's time to fly south. And yet as the light starts to reappear as temperature warms up, it gives them the courage, the faith, the knowledge to fly north. But as I thought about this a lot this week, and there's multiple different types of migrations that birds will do, it helped me understand and think about the faith that these birds are going through along the way. Some birds are all in it, and they do it all in one shot. Their migratory route, both south and north, is, I have enough fat storage, I'm just going. And if I don't make it to my location that I had planned... I will pass away doing this task. So first, having the faith to be able to say that I have eaten enough. And I think about especially like first-year birds trying to understand, and I can only imagine what they're going through. How much am I supposed to eat to be able? How much am I supposed to train to be able to fly this type of distance? I've never done something like this before. And yet, they do it. We have birds that will stop along the way. So a great example of this is the Sandhill Crane, where they get shot at as they are migrating north, but the one safe haven that they have, which is about their halfway point, is the state of Nebraska and the Platte River, which floods and gives them this great place. And a lot of times Sandhill Cranes will stay at a boat for two to three weeks, fueling up. It's essentially their major pit stop as they then continue further north into the upper Midwest here in the United States and continue on into Canada and even further. But then there's also the ones who, as trouble comes, 
they stop along the way. If snow happens, they stop, but then they still have to have the faith that there's going to be food sources as the weather is bad. And as I thought about it and tried putting myself in this perspective of a bird, how much faith it takes, not only in the trust to be able to fly a distance like that and being able to trust that their muscles are going to be able to support them in something like that, but also having enough fat reserves to start that type of journey. But how about the end location, where they are going? They have to have the faith to know in some form, some place within them, that where they're going, there will be what they need. Be it the warmth of the new location, be it the nesting grounds and the materials there for nesting, be it food, just to be able to eat in the location that they're at or going to. There's a lot of faith that has to happen to the habitat that they need to be able to make a journey like that, and yet they do it. I've thought about this a lot, especially being where I am in Minnesota, the temptation that there must be for a bird like that to just feel, well, I'm comfortable. Why would I leave? Why would I leave southern Texas? Why would I leave Arizona, Mexico? Why would I leave Costa Rica? Everything I need is here. Is it danger? Is it potential prey? Is it there's some other factor that I'm not understanding? Or is it that they just have this knowledge of it's better if I take this risk? And again, trying to think of like that new bird, that new baby bird trying to say, why am I doing this? Why do I have to go? Why can't I stay? It's got to be hard to understand and even just communicate with birds who have gone through this to do this. The other example that I thought of, and again, I'll attach a great SciShow video below talking about this, is especially in the Northwoods here, trees. Trees are not exactly designed, as you may know from being a living and breathing human being that has cells, our cells are not designed for weather below zero. We're not used to freezing cold. And yet we have these amazing things where trees have figured out how to get where the in-between spaces of the tree cells will start to freeze. And so then it's going from high potential to low potential areas. So the water within the cells starts to leave the cells going in between so that it's not killing the cell by freezing, which then leaves this thickened mass within the tree that most of us know as sap that helps keep it alive. And yet then you have these ones that they've even noticed up in the Arctic Circle that have the ability to almost turn into this glass-like substance to help them survive. And you think about the evolution that it would take for something like that to happen. But if you are putting it into a human perspective, this is something temporary that it is doing. It's not in a growing season. This is to help it preserve what it has. It then is putting faith that at some point it will get warmer. The cells will be able to absorb that water again so that it can grow. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to have faith. We are called to understand that we are both 
human bodily forms, but we are also placed with the spirit within us that gives us these desires that there is more to this and that there's going to be times where we don't understand why we're doing the things that we're doing. There are going to be times where we don't understand what God is putting us through in the time being, but that's where the trust and the faith has to come from. Just like a tree has to have faith that at some point the earth and the location that it is in will warm again because it doesn't have legs, it doesn't have wings, it cannot move. That at some point things will get warmer so that it can grow. Just like that bird has to have the faith that it has the fat reserves, the muscles to be able to fly to wherever it needs to go, whether north or south, depending on the season. It has to have the faith that when it gets there, it's going to have the resources that it needs to survive. That if it's making a pit stop, that those places have the resources that they need to survive. They take a leap of faith. And I would potentially argue from what I can understand from my human context and putting it on a bird that the spirit within them is telling them you need to go. That we know that they are understanding based off of the sun that yes, there is less light, thus I need to go. But there's also has to be something in the internal clock to help it recognize that. Are we recognizing what God is trying to signal to us for our faith? This is not easy time. This is a time of reflection within the church and within our own lives as we are in the season of Lent. And the crazy thing that's both a blessing and drives you bananas is this process of self-reflection. Self-reflection as a group, as a church community, and self-reflection as yourself. The reflection of are we pushing ourselves and putting ourselves in the situations to help us grow? That maybe we're in this valley, this time when we're preserving and holding on and just having to grit our teeth to get through what we're doing. We're we're trying to take and preserve those cells as best as we can. We are up in the air flying and migrating and questioning, why am I doing this? And then the sun comes. We get to the location that we're meant to be and we grow and we understand. I don't maybe fully grasp all of this, but I know that I'm growing and I was better for what I went through. It maybe helped prepare me for something else. It helped prepare me for this next thing that's coming. It's not easy. It's difficult. And that's part of what faith is. Jesus is calling and talking to Nicodemus about understanding his faith at a much deeper level and trying to help him understand at this point There is more to what we are talking about and that I am preaching than what you are telling these people. And Nicodemus at this point isn't getting it, but he's a reoccurring character that we do have within especially the crucifixion of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And do we 
fully know if Nicodemus ever gets it. We don't know. But we do see that there is something that continues to have him attracted to trying to be around Jesus multiple times throughout his gospel. The Twitter question this week is, are we putting ourselves in situations to grow? Are we putting ourselves in situations to grow? Are we recognizing those situations? And are we recognizing the times when we're preparing to grow? There's a lot of preparation when you think about what a tree is about to go through to prepare for winter and to prepare for the spring growth. There's a lot of preparation that a bird goes into or any animal that migrates goes through to migrate. Are we putting ourselves in those situations for us to grow? Because I would argue that's what Lent is partially about. We know the growth and the joy that is coming, but it's going to be hard until we get there. Are we preparing? Are we prepared for this? Joy comes from hard work. We can see that in our own lives. We can see that in trees growing and blossoming these beautiful, different, be it flowers or fruit or whatever that tree brings, that spring growth. And we see it in birds when they come back and the testosterone goes up and it's breeding season and the beautiful songs that they bring us. We don't often think about the hard work that it took to get to that place. In our own lives, we need to be willing and able to do that for ourselves. It's not easy. It's not always fun. But I would argue it's necessary for our own faith to grow. And I would argue that it's part of the creation that we are a part of because we can see it all around us. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.